Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, so I want to start off with, um, uh, when did you, when did you first realize that, um, when did you first make up your mind that you want to like convincingly, uh, not, not as a, you know, not as a fantasy or, you know, not, not just as a pipe dream, but when did you really convince yourself that, you know, you wanted to become uh, a writer, a published writer? Um, I, so I always enjoyed writing. That was that was always me. I just didn't know it was possible for a regular person to become an author. Like I thought you had to be, you know, have connections or you had to have money or you had to have, uh, you know, live in some special place. And And so I didn't really understand that real people wrote books until um, I was about 12 years old. Um, and then, you know, I got into my teenage years and was distracted by being a teenager. So I was really an adult, uh, with, you know, a young, you know, in my early twenties before I thought, you know, somebody has to be writing these books. Like, why not me? So it was a long time coming for me to understand that. Oh, I think, uh, I think, uh, I don't know where I read this, but, uh, I read somewhere that, uh, uh, you had, uh, you know, you had read a book and you kind of really liked that book. And then when you went up to see who the author was, the author was like a 17 year old girl. Um, and I think this happened in your, in your teenage years, I think, I don't know. Or was this a little later? No, this was, this was when I was 12 years old. That was the big moment for me. The book was, um, The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton, which is one of the best selling books of all time. And, and here was, it was written by a 17 year old. And so for me as a 12 year old, uh, you know, a 17 year old felt real. And, and I thought, well, if, if she could write a book, why not me? And she is proof that anyone from anywhere can write. Uh, so uh, there's a disconnect between, uh, there's a disconnect. I mean, uh, at, you know, at that in, you know, at 12 years uh, age, you, you know, you discovered that, um, the author of Outsiders uh, was a teenager and was did successfully write the book, and then, but you crystallized the idea of publishing probably in your early twenties. Uh, could you fill us, uh, you know, what uh, what was happening with you during, uh, you know, twelve to twenty? Uh, you know, what were you up to? Uh, what was going on in your mind? Yeah, uh, two things primarily. I mean, I was a teenager. There wasn't a lot going on in my mind, but. Um, but two things, I was very involved in theater. Um, I was on the stage as often as I could get there. And that, it, it connected me to story. It was just story that I was performing rather than story I was writing. And that taught me so much about character and about dialogue and about three-act structure. And, and so I was still learning to write. I was just learning it by performing the story. And the second is I was very involved in speech and in debate uh, competitions, which again, it taught me the use of words and, and the importance of the way I speak, which then translated to the way I write. So I was still preparing to be a writer. I just didn't know it in my teenage years. Uh, since you did a lot of acting, was there ever a point? Uh, did you consider? I don't. I don't know. Getting into uh, since you did a lot of theater. I mean, did you consider getting into acting? Maybe was that was that ever a serious consideration? Oh, absolutely. I thought about it. Um, 
but uh, ultimately I decided that a lot of what I wanted in life uh, to, uh, you know, to have a family would be far more difficult if I was pursuing theater. And so it just wasn't the right future for me, but uh, it would have been a fun one. Um, um, so, uh, just uh, l- last question on your childhood. Uh, what kind of books uh, were you, uh, I understand, I, I think you read a lot during your childhood. Um, what kind of books were you, uh, you know, reading? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was reading really from every shelf of the library. Uh, I loved, there were some classics I really loved. I mean, that's when I discovered Jane Austen and Pride and Prejudice and those books. I loved um, Les Miserables, uh, but I also loved Mysteries and read a bunch of, of mysteries. I loved um, I loved books where danger was involved, um, whether it was nonfiction or fiction. I, I read a lot if, if danger worked its way into the plot. Uh, I want to transition to your adult years uh, at this point. Is there mm-hmm. something you want to say before we move on? Or, or... No, no. All right. Um, so I want to read something from, I think, from your, bio, uh, from your bio page on your website. And I think we can take that as a context for uh, the next few questions. Uh, so I'm quoting from what I, uh, from, you know, I'm quoting your uh, about page, actually. Um, so Jennifer completed her first book in her early 20s. Uh, she told a neighbor she planned to be published one day. The neighbor smiled back like Jennifer had a greater chance of landing on the moon one day. That was understandable. The first book was pretty bad. So was her second and third. The fourth wasn't terrible. But by then, Jennifer had decided she was writing in the wrong genre. Uh, end quote. Uh, can you talk about uh, uh, your experience uh, writing that first book? Yeah, the first book was to see if I could. You know, I had this idea and it was um, for adult women uh, readers uh, that was a suspense and mystery novel. And it was fun to write because I didn't know anything. So I didn't know how bad the writing was. I just knew I was having fun. And, uh, and so it was, it was horrible. But that's okay. Like we all have to start somewhere, and nobody, nobody begins at anything just being automatically great. We have to start, and that was that was my start, and so uh, <laughs> it was awful. It's going to be buried with me, but it's where I began. Uh, I'm a little confused about uh, the first book in the sense that um, uh, because I, th- I, I uh, did, did you did you end up publishing that book as well, or was it was it something that you wrote and? Oh, no. No, oh, okay. no, no. That was that was me just learning how to write. Uh, I wrote four books that were never published. That was me learning how to write. Um, uh, I want to stay here for uh, for uh, for some time. Uh, in the sense that, uh, uh, so you wrote four books. I mean, that takes a lot of time. That takes a lot of planning. That takes a lot of work. Um, did you uh, did you always plan that? Uh, out of these four books, was there ever a book that? Uh, you really wanted to publish, but you kind of uh, thought this is not the right book for me. Uh, how did you approach that? Uh, the the first book I knew would not be published because it just it just wasn't good. It would there was no point in even trying, oh, and I I'm, I'm really yeah. sorry. Uh, so you, uh, I mean, you, you I mean, it, I I read 
I, I read it as well and you keep saying it, it, it wasn't really good. Uh, but uh, like, how would you come to that judgment? Like, uh, were you talking to um, your peers or were you, did you have an editor then? Uh, how did you come to that judgment? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, because what I understood about writing on chapter one and what I understood about writing on the final chapter were different. I had learned And so by the time I wrote the words, the end, I understood more about writing than when I began. And I understood that the plot itself was, it it didn't work. Um, And so it was, it was just simply a learning experience. Um. Uh, you also talk about, uh, you know, in that in that final sentence, you talk about, uh, you know, deciding to deciding you deciding that you know you were writing for the wrong genre. Um, I feel like that's a very difficult decision to come to. I mean, I mean, you put in a lot of work, and then you realize, you know, you were asking the wrong, you were asking the wrong questions in the first place. Um, so, um, can you, can you talk can you talk us through how you came to the realization that uh, that you were writing in the wrong genre, and how did you start the process of figuring out what the right genre was? Oh yeah, I love this question. Um, so while I was writing for, you know, mysteries for adult women, uh, I was reading Harry Potter, and I loved it. Like I absolutely loved the series. And between book six and seven, right shortly before book seven was going to come out, uh, I just saw some online challenge for writers it you know just a small here's a here's a writing thing for you and uh the challenge was could you write book seven in other words could you could you put together everything that jk rowling has built and create a fan fiction of book seven and here i was i was writing mysteries and Harry Potter ultimately is a mystery of why did Harry survive that killing curse? It's a mystery novel in a fantasy setting. And so the mystery writer in me totally wanted to see if I could solve all of the clues from that series. And so I just started a fan fiction, never to publish it, never to post it online, but just because I loved the series. And as I was writing this piece of fan fiction, I realized I was having more fun than I had had in any of the novels I was writing for adult women. And that's when I realized I was in the wrong genre because some part of me came alive writing that fan fiction that never had been before. That is the moment when I made that, that change. And so I, not, I did, never did anything with the fan fiction but I started writing for young people in fantasy. I'm sorry. I, I want to go back to one more question on your past, and then we'll 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 look at the future. Um, uh, so uh, initially, what made you uh, uh, you know uh, focus on writing for uh, a, a young adult women? Yeah, I started with that because at the time I started writing, that was a lot of what I was reading, and so that's where my mind, that's where my imagination was at, but. Uh, then Harry Potter came and just stole my imagination away. Um, so uh, you 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 talk about you know uh, writing multiple books and uh, you consciously decided not to publish them. Uh, was there ever a time that uh, you you kind of 
thought about, uh, you know, putting the plug on writing? Was there ever a time like that? Yeah. Um, so I did try to publish book three and there was no, no interest. And I did try to publish book four a lot. I tried very, very hard to publish book four. Book four that I wrote was for young adults in fantasy. And, uh, and we can talk about that, but that is the book that nearly made me quit trying to become a writer. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, so I want to proceed. Um, so I want to proceed to the, um, to the, I mean, uh, I mean, you, so post that, uh, you ended up writing a lot of series and I think your first book was Elliot and the Goblin. Um, so, um, yeah. Can you talk about, uh, can you, can you, can you, can you give us a sense of, uh, how you ended up publishing that first book? Yeah. Yeah. Let me uh, back up because it's connected very much to book four that I wrote. Book four was called Apprentice to a Madman. I thought it was so cool. I thought every kid on planet Earth was going to have a copy. And I just loved this story. And so I started sending it out to publishers and to agents and everybody said no. And finally, um, there was one publisher left. And they kind of had the reputation for they'll accept anybody, just about, you know, anybody. And so I thought, well, that's not the way I want to break into the industry, but at least I will break in. And so I sent off my letter to publisher four. Um, fast forward about two months and I get a call from a friend of mine. Now on her very first manuscript, um, and on her very first query letter that she sent out, she sent it to the same publisher, this publisher X that I had sent to. And she had just got her letter back. They were going to publish her manuscript. She's like, isn't this great? Like, I'm going to be published. And I was, I was angry. I mean, I was nice on the phone, like, oh, that's really great. But I was so jealous. And, uh, and I think I failed to mention, this was my birthday, the day she called. So it is my birthday on the day she calls me to say she was going to be published. And I thought, well, at least I know that Publisher X is sending out letters. And so I went out to my mailbox and sure enough, there was my letter from Publisher X. And uh, I opened it and uh, right inside, sure enough, this publisher who takes nearly everyone sent me a rejection on my birthday after my friend had called. So that was a bad birthday. And, uh, and I went into the house and I, I told myself I need to seriously consider if I should quit because everything in the universe was telling me you have no future as an author. And uh, so I, I thought I, I have to consider that maybe I have no talent and I should quit. Or if not that, then I am never going to fail at this again. And it was only going to be one of those two options for me. And so I threw out everything I thought I knew about writing. And I thought I will start one more time. But this time, I'm not going to write for anybody else. I'm just going to write what I love. That became Elliot and the Goblin War, which is uh, which became my first published novel. 
So oh. I had to literally reach bottom before I was published. Just like J.K. Rowling. Uh, but anyways, um, um, sorry. Uh, so, um, I mean, since then, you have seen tremendous success. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but before going on to your successes, I uh, just want to stay a little longer on, on the struggle. Um, yeah. So when, um, um, as an artist, uh, as a uh, as an artist, uh, or I don't know, as a as a as a as a writer, um, when you are uh, in that, uh, when you're struggling for so long, uh, and you know, you obviously didn't know that your first uh, novel would do well, and your first book, or uh, you know, successive books would do well. Um, what kind of uh, a mental attitude do you need uh, to be able to sustain uh, in that kind of um, um, you know, those kind of situations. Uh, am I, am I clear? I don't know. Yeah. 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 Um, it, I, I think I learned about myself that day on my birthday that I, it is just not in me to quit. I'm just not that person. And, and I kind of go back to an experience when I was, um, when I was pretty young and, um, my dad got a trampoline and I had never been on a trampoline before. I didn't know anything about them, but I was having so much fun just bouncing up and down on the trampoline. And my dad said to me, he said, if you can do a flip on the trampoline by the end of the day, I will give you $1. And for me as a child, $1 was such a big deal. That was so exciting. And I wanted that dollar. I had no idea how to do a flip. I had literally never been on a trampoline, but I kind of uh, worked it out. And over and over again, I would try to do a flip. I would land on my back. I would land on my the springs. I would land on my knees, but I could not land on my feet. I was probably on that trampoline for nine or 10 hours that day, doing nothing but trying to do a flip. And finally, I earned that dollar and uh, landed on my feet. And, and I think my dad taught me something really amazing that day. He taught me that uh, it doesn't matter how many times that you land on your back. That doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is you get up one more time and you try again. That's why I never gave up. Um, at this point, I want to, I want to do one more transition into, um, uh, you know, since then you've definitely gone on to write uh, the Ascendant series, the Trader Game series, uh, the Mark of the Thief series, um, among other uh, books as well. So um, I want to transition into uh, the, the way that you, uh, you know, approach this. Uh, so when you write these series, uh, do you always have clarity on, uh, you know, how many books uh, that you know each series is going to have and um, 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 I mean do you know like uh, yeah I mean stuff like that I mean do you have clarity on the um, on these things or or is, does it happen book by book you write one book and then you realize there's potential for another book uh, and then you keep writing or do you already have a picture of you know five six books that this is going to be a series of three four books yeah um when I, when I set out, I generally have an idea of if I'm planning for, you know, one book, three books, five books, um, but I don't necessarily have the whole story. I just, I kind of know the beginning. I know the ultimate ending. 
and then a lot of highlights in between. But uh, so it's fairly clear, but it's everything can change um, as I go along and new ideas come, but fairly clear. Um, um, so what does your uh, writing process, uh, uh, what does your writing process look like? I mean, uh, uh, like from, uh, like, how do you get the, like, how do you, uh, like, how do you come up? Do you have a systematic way of coming up with new ideas, um, coming up with new characters, uh, the character arcs? Uh, like, how do you, uh, how do you come up with um, these things? Like, how do you think about these things? All right. Well, let's, let's start with the idea. Um, the um, ideas for all of us are, they're everywhere around us. Uh, where where you sit right now, there are ideas, and and so it's not so much of of having some specific method. It's about learning to see what is already around you, and that's in conversations. It's in um, the news. It's in ideas that pop into our heads. It's in music, and and so for me, the way that ideas work for me is as soon as something gets my attention and for any reason that it gets my attention, I grab onto that idea with my imagination and I immediately start to ask questions and the questions are designed to find story. And so, you know, to your listeners, as you look around the room that you're sitting in now and, and you might look at some particular object that catches your eye the only difference between a writer and a non-writer is a writer is going to look at that object and say, well, what, what makes that different? Why does that matter? What is the story or the history of that thing that you were looking at? And, and we ask those questions and the questions become story. And once we learn to ask those questions, we will discover hundreds of ideas around us all the time. Every idea has to you know, come to its conclusion generally speaking. Um, so uh, how do you know when to, you know, put an end to a series? Um, I mean, the thing is like, when you see success in a particular series, there is that uh, temptation to keep, uh, you know, uh, keep writing one book after the other. Uh, there is that temptation. Uh, so how do you know that a series has come to its logical conclusion and, you know, another book would be uh, probably a disgrace to the entire storyline? Yeah. Um, when you begin a book, um, you introduce the reader to a problem and to a main character, your hero of the story. And, and that's the first two things that you're going to give to the reader. Uh, the, the hero and the problem, it's a promise to the reader. that It says, if you follow with me through the story, you're going to see this problem become solved and you're going to see this hero become who the hero is meant to be. And so the series is finished when you solve that problem and when the hero becomes who they are meant to be. It's as simple as that. Um, your book, The False, uh, these, the next two questions are a bit related. Um, your book, The False Prince, was on the New York Times bestseller list, I think, in 2013. Um so one thing is like I think it's a it's a mon it's a mon it's a, it's, a, it's a great achievement that uh, it, uh, that you know when your book ends up on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, so how was that feeling uh, on specifically, but also in general, like um, how has your life changed after uh, you know seeing a lot of success um, on a day to day? Do you uh, what is the what, what are the kind of you know 
day to day that um, your life has dramatically changed or has it not changed a lot like yeah um let's start with uh, when f- the false prince hit the the new york times best selling list uh so my editor called called me i saw her on the phone but i was kind of busy with something else not super busy but honestly when she calls it's very often bad news and i just wasn't in a place where i really wanted to get that bad news so i i put off her call and i was like i'll just call her in a little bit and then when she couldn't call me she texted me and she's like um pick up your phone and i was like oh my gosh this must be horrible news like if she's calling and then texting and so i called her back and i was so nervous of what horrible awful thing she was about to say and so because i was expecting literally the worst when she says that my book hit the new york times list it i almost didn't know what to do with that information because i was prepared you know for the world to shatter around me and uh, so i was i i think i was very understated i was like oh that's awesome when i was like really inside i was like jumping around for joy it was just such a big deal um so it, that was very very cool but uh, i have learned since i don't ditch my editor's calls ever um as to how my life has changed um certainly it's made a difference in my writing career it it is a big deal to be able to attach new york times best selling author to your name and and that gives me a lot more credibility and uh, it has opened some doors for me but in my daily life you know i'm i'm just me you know i have laundry that i've got to do and i've got to do the dishes and take out the garbage and uh none of that changes simply because you're a new york times best selling author at the end of the day um i would be doing exactly what i'm doing now no matter whether i had reached the list or not because i write because i love it and that's not going to change no matter what list i'm on or not on um not related to that um not i mean not related i mean but uh i don't know how you'll take this but um, so uh, generally a book gets a larger audience if uh, it is remade into a hollywood movie or any kind of movie uh, not hollywood per se mm-hmm. but any uh, you know if it's if it's put on uh, put on the screen um are you excited or are you looking forward or you know is it is that is that something that you know um you know comes on your mind sometimes that you know uh, that if my one of my books uh, would get uh, probably uh, you know picked up by a hollywood studio uh, does that thought you know um, or are you one of those people that think that you know the hollywood studios won't be faithful to your books and you know you don't want them to touch them so how is your how do you think about that uh i have one book right now that's been that is been optioned so it doesn't mean it will be made into a movie it means they're writing the script and looking at it and then um the false prince that you mentioned i am actually working with a producer right now to create a script and that one i'm very excited about because i get to do the screenwriting or share the screenwriting on it so i have a little bit more input into how it's going to go so hopefully if it is made 
they won't, um, they'll be faithful to the book because I do have a hand in it. So uh, I'm, I'm excited, you know, it doesn't mean any of it's ever going to be made, but we're working toward that right now. Um, I just, um, sorry, uh, one more thing I forgot to ask you actually uh, is, um, um, uh, you have written multiple books. Uh, so do you have a plan of like, you know, uh, do you, do you set like yearly goals on, uh, you know, this year I want to write X number of books or uh, is it just like, uh, or is it very impulsive? Like, you know, uh, that when you feel like it, you just keep writing a lot and there are months where you don't write. Like, how does that work for you? Uh, there are, it. there's two factors at work for me. The first is books that I am contracted to write. So uh, my publisher is Scholastic Books. Um, I have signed contracts with them for books that I will write, and those have deadlines. And so I know at the beginning of a year what I am contracted to write. Um, aside from that, there are projects that I write simply because the idea is there and I want to try it. So I will usually write at least two books a year for contract and then maybe uh, work on other projects in between that I may or may not ever sell. But so at least two, often more. Um, this is also a weird question in the sense that... Uh... Uh, do you think that there is a disconnect between uh, the popular perception of being a writer in the sense that at least I think uh, when, I don't know, when I think of a writer or when my friends think of writers, we think of people who are very shabby, who don't have, who don't follow schedules and, you know, who are always late on their deadlines and, uh, you know, they have this utopian goal of, uh, you know, writing that perfect book, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, you know, how much of that is really, uh, you know, when you, uh, you know the economics of writing a book itself is very, you know first getting the publisher and you know convincing them that you know your book is uh, uh, you know can be published and it, it will make money uh, how is that like do you see that disconnect or like how do you look at the industry in a sense that question was a bit you know there is there is that image of of an author or what an author should be like and and there are as many different personalities as you would find in any other group of people. Um, there are going to be people who absolutely, they miss their deadlines, they're late, and there are people who um, turn them in exactly on time. And and there's authors who are very, um, you know, about the ego. Um, I have not met many of them. Um, most of whom I've met are very real people, very accessible, kind, generous people. But there is, there is nothing about being an author that is so special that anyone could not make that same choice for their life and say, you know what, I think I could do this. Yes, of course, you could do this. You could join this. It's, there's no, it's not an exclusive club. Um, I think finally, um, uh, what do you do when you're not writing? I mean, apart from doing laundry, uh, what else do you do like, when you're not writing? Yeah. I, I love watching movies with my families. Um, I live kind of in a mountain area. So anytime I can get into the mountains and, and be part of that is very exciting. Um, of course, I love to read. Um, I don't know if uh, eating chocolate is something that counts for um, being in the spare time. But if so, I eat an excessive amount of chocolate. Um, 
do you have a chocolate recommendation brand i mean is there a specific brand that you eat i don't know like snickers and bombay or is it like uh, you know i i'm more partial to dark chocolate but other than that i don't care i am a very equal opportunity chocolate eater okay on that note uh, jennifer thank you so much for taking the time uh, it was uh, it was wonderful having you thank you very much for the opportunity i appreciate it and uh, best wishes to you and to all of your readers i mean listeners <laughs>